I am Andrew Lidia, That's what I love. Mr. Mallard. Uh, join me as always, uh, Mr. Chief of Morale himself, Bud Copeland. Bud, how are you this evening before we get so the point being is good golfers are fucking dime a dozen and we saw it in full swing with the line of demarcation between yeah are you ready bud are you ready for the players are you ready to make money are you ready to try to compete i didn't do my homework this week And welcome in, everybody. Tuesday night here on Divis and Pivots. I am Andrew LaDuke, a.k.a. Mr. Mallard, bringing the bang this week for a big episode of lots of fun topics that I think might get under some people's skin in the chat, hopefully. So if you're there, hit the chat. Let us know how you feel. We would love to talk back and forth. But, bud, see you in a different background, enjoying some Florida weather. How are you this week, this weekend, whatever? It's muggy. It's already muggy? muggy. Yeah. Now I get freaking lights in my face. Things are good. Back-to-back weeks picking the champ. Yeah. Uh, do, doing all right. We're trending in all places. And uh, another week with another fancy jacket on the line. The tartan the, the tartan <laughs> jacket. I just like saying tartan. The Scottish tartan jacket. First one by Ben Hogan. This is, this is a tournament associated with Ben Hogan. Colonial, the whole bit. So that's mm-hmm. part of the fun this week. But... Not so fast, my friend. PGA champ, what except what is your what is your favorite thing you're taking away from this week in the PGA championship? God, there's it's hard to pick because just when you thought there was it couldn't get any better, 15 happened for Michael Block. Like it, this week was just like the perfect major weekend for the PGA, and I'll say it for golf. Like, Brooks Kepka winning, I'm sorry, that's a win for Brooks. That's a win for golf. That ain't no win for Liv. It's a win for Brooks that he has been fighting for for a few years now. We talked about his episode on Full Swing, how we felt for the guy, how we, we saw that he was struggling and how we, you know, we wanted him to do well again. And here he comes. He, he crosses that that line, jumps over that hurdle, and he, he's back. Uh, so you can't be mad at that. But it's a win for Brooks. Uh, and then obviously Michael Block. I mean, we we could talk the entire show just on Michael Block. We could talk the entire show just on Brooks Kepka. There, there's so much. Michael Block's going to be at Colonial this week, though. How cool yeah. is that? Yeah, I think it's dope. I think it's great. Brooks will not because he does still play for uh, on the Live Tour. But um, <laughs> if <laughs> I mean, if you were unless you weren't paying attention, you already knew that. I loved seeing yes. Jenna. I loved seeing his his baby mama and her little chirp on social media when people are like, "Where were you? Why weren't you there?" She put she out was... a little video, you know, making room on the trophy, you know, trophy case. I thought that was yeah, cool. She put out a few videos I saw of there, so she was. Uh, well, I bet she, you did. She was. She was trying to stay <laughs> active over there. Um, I but agree. It does, I agree. It was fun. It was fun for it was fun for Brooks. Glad to have him back in the winner's circle. And the Michael Block thing. Uh, after that, you know, he's he's also going to be at the RBC Canadian Open. I don't know if the story is yep. going to carry that you know that much further ahead too. But oh, it was cool. It was week. a lot of fun. Fifteen was uh, fifteen was a magic number for him. Obviously, he gets in next year's PGA with that as well. He's getting the attention from some PGA Tour events. That's fun. Uh, but I, I was I was more I was more enthralled with Brooksy winning again. Just not not just because I picked him, but like you said, the full swing thing, and also full swing was on site again. So we're going to get to see yeah. you know what this looked like and have it come full circle and get to see if there was any of this Michael Block stuff that you know the, the cameras didn't already catch. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. There's man. gotta be this guy. Everything from being on the walk and talk with you know Scott Van Pelt on Thursday to making the yeah. cut to then the ace, the the whole bit. It's pretty cool, and he's a gracious guy, so it's a fun story to root for. Uh, those yeah. saying that we don't need a Michael Block movie, I will remind you, we did a baseball movie about a substitute teacher slash pitcher well, and Rennie, you know, all that kind of crap. I mean, didn't we? It, it didn't we have? Update, didn't we have the Michael Block movie? Cup. I was gonna say it's Ten Cup. That is the Michael Block movie, just more I, more recent. <laughs> yes, and, and in no. a different and in a different way. Obviously, different 
outcomes. That's true. <laughs> but I, I want to be contrarian and push back on the analogy because I because yeah. Tin Cup's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's such a good I know one. big big going out on a limb there saying that it's a golf guy. Yeah. But uh, the uh, I want to play the hole where they shot the final scene. I guess you, you can you can play that course. Yeah. And they have a little plaque in the center of the the fairway where Roy McAvoy hit his shots. And if you're if you're not if you're not familiar with Tin Cup, then I don't think you would actually be tuning into this at the moment. So that's probably never fair. mind. <laughs> the, uh, the so P- let's hit, sorry, go ahead, finish it. No, I was just gonna say. So that was the, the PGA was a lot of fun. I think it's gonna get. I think it's gonna continue to get some. Uh, some more recognition for being a major. I think we like to call it, you know, joke about it being the little, the little step, you know, step brother or whatever you analogy you want to use in the major world. But the field was strong, and I mean, if, as long as big names keep winning, then I think you can't make an argument for another another golf tournament taking that place. Field was strong. The course played at like an old school U.S. Open course. Um, where it was just, it was just eating guys alive out there, and but you know what? That was it's fun to watch. You don't want to see that every week because every now and then you do want to see some low numbers. You want to see some scoring and out there. But uh, but I love when the golf is like that because anybody yeah, can do anything at any time. Just love put, that. Put put it back in the put it back in the U.S. Open. You know, Rota. Yeah. So here's what I want to do because I, I want to give both Michael Block and Brooks Kepka those storylines kind of their own their own space tonight because I we can attack them both from angles different angles love do you angles. want do you want to start Brooks or do you want to start block what do you think always bet on block okay let's start Michael block uh if you're under a rock and didn't know what the hell happened this weekend and we've already touched on this Michael block just an amazing story and you know what even the clips afterwards like watching did you see the clip of uh, him and his caddy sitting at the uh, like the little banquet afterwards and uh, his caddy sitting there and I wish I knew his name. I sorry for not, but uh, sitting there doing the math on how much money he just made because of it all on his phone. You see him show it to, to Michael block and, uh, and he just like drops what he's doing. and just gives him like a high five right in the middle of whoever's giving whatever speech. Like it's, it's just so wholesome and all of his reactions. to like when he found out that he was playing with Rory and um, like when he's, he didn't even know that his, his shot on 15 went in the hole, like it was just so genuine, yeah. And, and I loved it. Like, and that's why I think I texted you at some point. I said, you know what? This is Brooks may have won, and I love that Brooks won. But you know, you're gonna hear this is a win for live. This is a win for live. I'm sorry, Brooks won, and somehow the biggest story out of the weekend seems to be Michael Block. I think if unless Tiger Woods wins this week, anybody gets kind of overshadowed a little bit by Michael Block. Yeah. The the um, the live angle wasn't, in my opinion, wasn't wasn't flashed or brought up as much. I think it was brought up the amount that it needed to be. And Brooks just he was he was gracious with his answer, talking yeah. about like like yeah, you know, of course it is. You know, we, we do we do good work over there, or like you know, of course we're proud of the tour. But I'm not thinking about anything other than me at a major championship, trying to really well also because. Why spit in the face of these majors? You just went and won one, you know, and it doesn't. Yeah. And, and he's maybe he's got a point there with it. It's like it doesn't mean shit for Live or PGA Tour. It, th- these tournaments are supposed to stand aside and just kind of it, take little snapshots throughout the year of golf's greatest. the uh, The Michael Block party will roll on. And I love. Uh, I love that. How? Why haven't I heard that yet? Michael Block party. Oh, I love that. It's Jesus. A, it, <laughs> It's it's like it's like they were tripping over each other to see who could say it first. Oh block party. There's a block party in Rochester. Send the cops. But, the block party's begun. But but there was the roar he got on one on uh, to start the fourth round. Oh, I know. No, no, no. Like, I, I'm not saying there wasn't. I was just. Oh no, uh, no. I, I know you're not. But I'm just saying, like it, it was amazing. Like people were there. I'm sorry, people were following that group from for block. They weren't really following for Rory. We should and, reach out and, to Cutter and, and, and find out if he knows this guy because the, the the caddy was just that. Oh, he's yeah, he right. was, he's a, a full time looper at Pebble Beach. Yep. Yeah, so he I may. Cutter knows him. We should reach out to him and see if he knows him just to see what he probably does. should have done it before I was sitting on here live. Yeah, yeah. Is, it would have been it would have been a great idea. Conversation would have been a great <laughs> idea. Damn it! That's right. We got time. Um, but yeah, no, so I agree. Guys, I agree. And what I loved about it was seeing Rory's reaction. Rory was giddy yeah. and fanboying over it. And, and like, he, he likes the good story too. So the game's bigger than tours. I, I, I think there's something to be said about that, but at the same yes. time, 
the PGA tour grew up in the same way that modern major golf grew up parallel to one another and kind of intertwined. So I think it was a big win for the PGA tour and for the PGA in general. Um, and not because a PGA tour player won, but because it was like, yeah, look at the strength of this field. Look at this tournament. And this is what we have this is what we built. And, you know, I don't, every time we see one of these, okay, so now we've done it. Live, live was live won a major. And we, we knew it was going to happen at some point. Mine, mine's more likely to be a cell block party at this point in life, but thanks for checking in. <laughs> but th- that's the thing is we're, when, if, okay. It's died. It's dead. Yeah. Lives over. Golf's not gonna. Golf's not gonna become this, you know, Formula One style team sport because the the sport itself is so individualistic in nature, and we already have team competition well, we, to compare it to. And we saw the power of an individual's story power. this weekend. Like when we're talking about Michael Block, that's what it was. It wasn't. Yeah, you know what he played. He played great. Uh, he went out there, shot three rounds of even par, and then one over on the last. Like, they, like he played fantastic, especially given the course and the conditions. But people weren't watching because of his golf; they were watching because of the story, the overall story. His golf right. was it was part of that. But it, you're right; the individual aspect of golf is what I have always said makes it relatable and accessible as for fans to watch. And that's why I still prefer the PGA. It's one of the reasons why I still prefer the PGA over the live in the in the whole long run. It's never been a question about the lives guys' talent or anything like that. They're talented golfers still. They're, you know, we've said it even about guys on the you know the Corn Ferry Tour. In the end, there's still professional golfers out there that are that are shooting, you know, great scores playing great golf. It's just there's a lot of them. There's, there's great golfers who play on live. Yeah, that's that. never been in doubt. It's not. We've said yeah. it's, the, it's not the quality. It's not the 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 quality of your players. It's the the quality that they think <laughs> they brought with them from the tour. It's like yeah. don't let yeah don't let your brightness mistaken for shine. And since we brought up live, huh, Brooksy, he I think we like him for the same reason we liked the Michael Block story. That was yeah. genuine and pure. That was genuine and pure. You know, comeback. It's, you know, we got to see in full swing how close he was to giving it up. He didn't hide anything this week. He didn't try to shy away from it. And he also didn't try to lean on it and be like, in your face, you know, boom, I can still do it. He, he was pretty, he, he was gracious as a, as a winner. He didn't didn't talk much at all. Really? And I I love I love what he was saying about like, I, I know I come across as this like super heavy guy because I'm just focused and competitive when I'm out there. But he's like, anybody will tell you I'm, I'm, I'm pretty straightforward and pretty transparent. I loved seeing, you know, the the Wanamaker making a tour at the Florida Panthers game and he's sitting there chugging yeah. out of it. I think that's cool. I think Brooks is good for golf. I think anybody who won that uh, would have had its own victory tour. It, it might not have been as big of a splash. Uh, and I think for damn sure him him and Bryson, him and Bryson will come back in a couple of years. Yeah. Like, uh, like oh, we said, once the five-year contracts are up, yeah. that's when I really want to – that's when I'm most interested to see what happens at that point. I don't think DJ comes back. I think he continues to play in the majors. Uh, but as far as like weekend, week out, schlepping around the world, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think so. That said, well, they're trending towards 70 players, no cuts. And yeah. who knows? Maybe, well, they'll, and, maybe they'll do that. And did you see Sergio playing in the qual- the U.S. Open Sergio, qualifiers Sergio. this week? He went no, – did- yeah, he was he. I forget where it was, but he played in one this week. He went low, shot like sixty six. I think he. I think he qualified. In. I think he's qualified now. Yeah. I, I, well, I didn't see the whole end of the story to see if he qualified um, or if the qualified was even over yet. But uh, I know he was, was in just one this sec- week. just. Um, they go on to sectionals or whatever. There's like sectionals yeah. and regionals or regionals and section. Lo- this was local qualifying, then they go into sectional. That's yeah. So he's it. he's moving on. Um, but it brings up what's what's curious now about. So, so two things here. Brooks, in my opinion, he looked calm and happy almost to be back around like some of his guys again. And you saw the reaction as as Rory was leaving the clubhouse and, and the, the embrace the handshake, the embrace they had, the appreciation Rory showed for Brooks. Like it just once again proved to everyone out there that is trying to push divide. There's no divide here. Like the, I mean, there there might be from the social media, from the fan standpoint, but from the players' standpoint, it seems like they're they're starting to move past that, 
and they're just thinking about golf and they can still respect each other and still play together and, and show that love. And, and Brooks even said like, I'll see you later. Or like, yeah, I'll call you later, buddy. It was, it was a great little shot. It was, uh, and in that moment, that's what I think the PGA needed out of Rory too, to, to kind of show that like, that's what golf needed. And the Rory has been good at doing what golf needs. It seems like when it comes to the public eye, um, but what I but what's interesting now with Brooks is the Ryder Cup is very much on the table. He shot up to second in Ryder Cup points. Um, potentially, potentially. Well, he is there now, but oh, obviously he's saying. only got the two more majors that he's going to be able to gain points from. So there's going to be some shuffling because it's there's you know eight guys pretty much within like 100 points. I think or something. Uh, Does Randall Chambly need to just grow up? Yes. Well, so here's well look here's. I was thinking about this uh, heading back in here the shower. for the show. No, no, no. Heading back in you the think car. about you think uh, about it. What do you think about the shower? Uh, no, um, <laughs> but uh, looks okay. So fine. Yeah, well, let's get it. Let's get into because the Ryder Cup does have to do with what's been going on on the golf channel and, and social media all day. People going off. Um, here's what. Here's how I view it. Here's what we need to remember. Shambly, the all of them. Shambly, sorry, I just messed up his name. The entire Randall. golf channel staff they work for NBC, which is owned by Comcast. The PGA is one of their biggest contracts. I'm sorry, but they have to appease what they want to us to a point. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that the PGA is sending memos to the NBC team saying, telling them exactly what to say, but I think there's probably an air in the, in the internal side of that, of their network that just kind of knows like, let's not ruffle. Yeah. Communicate the, the feathers here anymore. Dumb. And if it's smart, if it's smart tactics, somebody's going to figure it out. If it's going to get clicks or likes. Yeah. But I think your point is valid is it, it's getting almost palpable and tangible that there's this collusion feeling going on. And maybe it's time that we just well, drop it. So, yes, we should just drop it for one. But to all the people who were getting, like, so mad today about and, like, going off about the uh, Golf Channel and them sp the, the host specifically, turn it off. You don't like it? You know what the best thing about, about this <laughs> is that Tuesday – Tuesday morning golf central headlines are getting you worked up to the point where you are going yeah. in public and making a display about it. I agree. You just but here's save the, yourself here, time and energy. And cause here's the, th here's the thing. Personally, whenever the coverage is on the golf channel, I don't tend to like it. Not because of the people who were talking about it on the show at the time. Um, I just don't think the golf channel shows enough of the action as when the, when they are airing a term, I think there's a lot of back and forth of all these little, you know, clips and videos and, and conversations, whatever. Uh, so that's why I don't choose to watch it as my main way to take it in. But the other best thing that we get now, because Comcast, who owns NBC, also owns ESPN, is that we have, especially this week, it was on ESPN. It was on ESPN Plus. Oh, it there's was on Sunrise the, to Sunset and then some. Yeah. Great. So the point I'm trying to make is that if you don't like the golf channel, or what they're saying and doing and how they're covering the golf channel, you have options. Don't put yourself through the torture of not enjoying something. And then just so you can go out and bitch about it, just go watch it. in one of the other five different ways you can watch it. I mean, it's the same thing. Like if you don't like what, what someone is saying on Fox news, what do you do? You, you probably switch it to CNN or ABC or whatever CBS. And, and, and that's that you just, you find what works for you. Just find what works for you instead of bitching about it. Did you say people are also getting a little fired up? Because this is the part I didn't see. I, I did hear, obviously, I, I had made the allusion to Brandel Chambly and his little interaction with Brad Faxon, where Faxon's like, they're not playing for money. Like, you yeah. know, this isn't this, it's a very the, awkward the, exchange. Well, it, it was awkward <laughs> because it almost, again, it almost felt like they were trying to force something, force a moment. And yeah. I don't think there's a moment to be had. Brad, Brad made a good point, and everybody yeah. knows how Brandel feels. And they just let it hang out there for dead air. Why? So dipshits like us will talk about it afterwards. The the yeah. thing about playing for your country and not your tour or okay, sure, whatever. I I I, I just think that um the high and mightiness of those who are still holding on to this 
and using words like sports washing. They're participating in sports washing. Yeah. Careful what you do with six degrees of Kevin's bacon and all and all the money talk. You know, do you know where you know? Do you know which sweatshop? You know, they had kids sewing together your outfit in. You know, yeah, it's, we it, can we can go back to that argument with every example that someone everything. It's it, and like it's just fucking the, tiresome. And with the news again, like that, that's the perfect analogy. Like to kind of compare right now, if you take in the news every day, no matter what channel, I don't care, liberal, conservative, no, if it bleeds, whatever, it bleeds, right? It will exactly, but but they're all doing the same thing. I don't care what side of the aisle the news channel prefers. You're watching it because it it, it, it riles something up in you, and it's just what it is now. Just stop bitching about it. Watch what you like. Take it in how you like. And then shut the fuck up. That's how I feel. <laughs> I did. I didn't. I didn't know this until I saw that. I guess Jim Nance threw a little subtle shade at Liv uh, when they were introducing Dustin Johnson because he said I didn't realize that CW cut away from the coverage during. Oh, their, did they? Yeah, like <laughs> with like four holes left or three holes left. They just, oh my god! They, they just had to get Dawson in. And Jim, <laughs> and Jim Nance when he introduced. Well, you may or may not have had a chance to see it, but Dustin Johnson won last week. It's like, whoa. <laughs> but see, that, see, and, that, and that, if that's how he said it, I almost take that as Jim Nance. Almost, no, he's not really, he's not taking a shot at the players there. He's not really even taking a shot at Liv directly to like knock Liv down. It felt more like he was taking a shot at. At cutting away from live sports, period. The thought of yeah, the thought exactly. of not showing the end of a competition. Like he, like he probably feels for the players because they got cut off, and like that's it felt that feels more to me like Jim Nance, who has been around the game and other games for so long, just res- respecting what is going on in the golf world. I, I got to take this call. Hello. Is it hi? <laughs> Okay, Bud's on the phone live. Uh, maybe it's Cutter. Who knows? Maybe it's Michael Block directly. We'll find out. I doubt it. Just kidding. Uh, but this is a perfect time to update you on how we did this past week uh, because we had a close one this week. Even though, and um, you know, Bud had the winner in Brooks in his lineup. I did not. Um, uh, but I, I got a, a, I think it was a 32-point win or 34-point win over Bud this week on DFS. But that was with me having a 5 of 6 lineup, and he had a 3 of 6. So the fact that he kept it that close – uh, is impressive. So I believe my season lead is now up to 54 points, still nice and close, still going to carry it through. Uh, and this hopefully will be a nail biter come end of the year. Was that the president, this, sir? This, this, this DK <laughs> points updates brought to you by Bud's roommate. No, I felt, I, I thought she might not have remembered it's two o'clock. It's eight o'clock on Tuesday. Thanks for calling. You know exactly where I am now, but what, like you had mentioned before, I'm out of town. Those of you listening, the new background, I'm, I'm on the road right now. So um, tubby time had just ended. And gosh, the, when when Koopa Troopa needs to say goodnight, you know, we got to we got to get that happen. on the phone. So no, no it, wasn't good, the pre- it wasn't the president. Good, it was just my boss. Good man. Good dad. All oh, good. I appreciate all those things. The uh, so what would I miss? What were we, we were just discussing the DK points? You did. Yeah, you, you won again. It's still kind of oh. close. But but I but what I was saying is that it was impressive that I only won by like thirty four points I think it was considering you had three guys miss the cut and I only had one That's so the fact that you Value. were able to keep it that close with three guys compared to my five you know that was fantastic because I think that my season lead is now only at fifty four just, so, just, uh, it's just a number I, no no matter how small the number it still packs a punch. That's what she and, said. And you know what? Before we get into DFS, speaking of number, I played golf this weekend and I was texting you and I was excited. Um, front nine, 51. There was still a little bit of a rust, had a couple lost balls. Um, but then that back nine shot 44, was super happy with it, was striping the ball off the tee all day long. I think it had one duff tee shot, which was a snap hook uh, into the woods. But other than that, I wasn't hitting it terribly long, but they were going straight. Speaking of terribly long, how long did that round end up being? I remember you telling me. Oh, my Lord. Um, five hours, I think. And, and you know what? I can swallow. <laughs> so the so it's the back nine picked up because it was people so probably late. dropped off. Yeah, <laughs> and, and people yeah, dropped like it's off. Twilight. Nobody's trying to squeeze in the back after that pace on the front. But it took, a, it took it took us like three three and a half hours to finish the front nine. It was unreal. There's got to be that. That's that. Uh, when you told me that pace, and you were like, "We've played two holes in forty minutes." That's just that's not even fun. Yeah. So the issue was they were sending tea times off every five minutes. And that's just too freaking close. Yeah. 
they were cl- cramming everybody in. That's bad. that's like slumlord kind of kind of living. You can't. Yeah. That's not so it was, it was a mess out there. And, and you know it, what? For the sake for the sake, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. We won't name the establishment here. No, no, I won't do air. that. I won't do that. But but what it made it even worse was by the time we made the turn to start the back nine, they closed the bar. There was no more beer cart girl. We never even saw the beer cart girl once on the front nine. She never found us. We never saw her. So back nine rolls around. We're just hanging out dry. Just, just freaking waiting. Just, no, just wanting no, to play no some damn golf, man. <laughs> and shockingly, your score improved. Can't imagine if there's a correlation there. Are you? Do you? Let me guess. You play a little bit better once you have once you have a beer or two in you and loosen you up. So I don't know if it's the drinks or the fact that I just get warmed up after like five, six holes, and I get looser because of that. But I do notice that there is a line where then maybe around the 13th, 14th hole, when I if I do continue drinking, uh, that's when the wheels start to come off a little bit. If I've had a few already and I hit that point where uh, I'm a little too loose. So that didn't happen. I was able to hold it all together. I, had a, I think I had three pars in the back nine, so that was a fantastic feeling. I made, happy, I'm, I'm, happy I made an eagle game. and I think two birdies on Saturday. So hopefully something will cash in for the skins. Did nice. not play, did not play great on the back nine. Uh, didn't completely fall apart, but definitely not, uh, not strong, not strong after turning in one under. Uh, I think I shot like four or five over on the back nine alone. It was just, nice. uh, got to figure something out heading before the next uh, qualifier here in a yeah. couple weeks. I was just going to say, when is it? June 6th, Tuesday, June 6th, Andover Country Club. I tee off at like nice. 8, 10 in the morning, which I'm happy about. I, I enjoy yeah. getting out early. There's something you know about not having to wait around all day and be anxious for your tee time. Yep. So okay. tune in for updates on that. We're, we're, we're going to continue the Bud Redemption Tour this summer. and try to. Yes, we are. We're going to watch it from my angle. <laughs> get the updates. You and your angles. Me and my angles. Speaking of angles, let's uh, get a quick angle here on Underdog Fantasy before we get into our DFS picks this week for the Charles Schwab Challenge at the Colonial. So stick around. We'll be right back after this quick commercial. Underdog Fantasy is here to save your post-fantasy football season blues. The easiest place to play and win with the Underdog Fantasy app. Get up to 20 times your money in a single night with our Pick'em contests. Grab some insurance when setting your picks and win even when one pick fails. Go online now and use the promo code DIVPIV to double your deposit up to $100. Sit gingerbread. Good girl. What a good girl gingerbread is, huh? I want gingerbread on the show. Joining us every week. Um, Let's get into it, though, because, like we said, we have just been... I don't want to jinx it, but we've been doing good, man, on our picks. We've been riding this wave for a few weeks now, and uh, it's been fun. I've shot up um, eight spots in the other league. I'm I'm feeling yeah. good. You know when 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 the stakes when the stakes are highest, that's when you and I shine. Everybody knows that about divots and pivots. I'm just yes. kidding. I'm just trying to you know act like I know what I'm doing here. <laughs> Watching videos over of Mike Block getting dapped up by like Max Homa and Annika oh, Sorenstam. Yeah, uh, it's. Did, it, did you see? He said he has like had like two three thousand texts. One of them's from like Michael that. Jordan. Yeah. yeah, he said he still can't find it, but he, so he's looking for it. But I also uh, saw where he got apparently got offered fifty thousand dollars for the seven iron that he hit the hole in one with. Which really? I don't. Yeah, and I just keep it. Just keep. Going. Yeah, at this yeah. point, after after cashing that that kind of paycheck, had he shot like eighty five on the last day, and you know, yeah. not made not made as much money or gotten these kind of invites, I could see trying to maybe cash in and maximize the experience. But I think that's a pretty dope thing to have. Well, uh, I love the stat that some that uh, I forget the 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 woman reporter who gave it to him said it was like like sixteen was it sixteen hundred or one thousand sixty two lessons it would have taken for him to one thousand six hundred and something like that. That's yeah yeah. So it was like sixteen hundred. It would take him sixteen hundred lessons to to earn the money he earned this weekend at the PGA. So. Good for him. Then uh, we can't wait to see him next week. Uh, this week, we can't wait to see him next year. But let's get into it because uh, unfortunately, we will, I will not be playing any Michael Block this week in DFS just because um, why. But before we get into uh, <laughs> great story, but I'm not trying to make money off the guy. Uh, but before we get into the the nitty gritty of the stats and who we're liking and whatnot, I have a one quick question for you because because this is we we talk about the the winners hangover with just about every tournament 
a major is different. There's even more of a hangover for the winner coming out of it. Um, do you think there is also a hangover for a guy who was also in the final group, finishes second, and and still has is also grinding and doesn't pull it out? Like, do you think a guy? And I'm asking this because Victor Hovland, who who was in that final parent and he just wasn't able to put together last round. Do you think finishing second in that manner? Um, drains drains that guy as as well because Victor Hovland came out number one on my model this week. And I have that thought in the back of my head where is this going to be now kind of a, a slightly down week for him because of the adversity he just went through on the weekend of a major. Not if you're Victor Hovland. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I think everybody gets drained from the major, uh, the the whole major hangover. I am a believer in that theory. Mm. The, but I don't think it extends down the leaderboard. On the contrary, I think maybe there's a little more motivation, uh, you know, having come that close to kind of remind yourself that you can do it. Unless, I guess, unless you're Brooks Kepka, which being a live guy, he's not playing this week, but he's also famous for just phoning it in in anything that's not a major. So that's I, very uh, true. I, I hear what you're saying there. It's interesting that, that you know, that's who your model spits out at the top. I think my, uh, my model came out pretty chalky which i'm not i'm not too disappointed in because there's some value inside the top there's there's some value inside the top 10 but i mean uh scotty scheffler is number one in my model because look he almost did it again out of nowhere sunday afternoon we stopped everybody was talking about is it going to be victor is it going to be brooksy and then out of nowhere i just see scheffler 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 moving right up the leaderboard and all of a sudden he posts 600 and you're going I was gonna say that's that that round was a for what for how that course was playing that day that was impressive. And speaking of courses, we are the, the Colonial is the longest you know consecutive host for a PGA Tour event, yes. and not to be lost, this is one of the other not majors, but it's a it's not it's not a designated event, but it is one of the only other invitationals. Yeah, so, it's you know, a, it's a, you get that 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 extra little rise out of it, which is why we get some cool some cool storylines out of out of this week. Like the uh, the reason that Michael Block is there is mm-hmm. because one of their other exemptions backed out. One of the Cootie brothers. So in case you missed this, yep. uh, in, in case you missed my post on at this buds for you Instagram, which, check them out every morning, guys. Get over if, there. It's uh, <laughs> you know, Parker Cootie is brother of Pearson, grandchildren or grandsons of uh, Charles Cootie, who won the 1971 Masters. Uh, and going into Sunday, he had the lead. Everybody just assumed that either Jack Nicholas or Johnny Miller, went the young whippersnapper or the you know the the biggest freaking golfer on the planet, they were just going to chase him down. It's kind of like that was a cute fifty-four hole lead you had there, you know, <laughs> yeah. blank. And he he came through. Anyway, skip ahead a couple of generations, and his grandsons uh, are were both on exemptions. Pearson is still playing. Him and Cole Hammer are on a different. They're on like the Champions Club. Uh, yeah you know, uh, invitation, the colonial does this thing where the former champions get to get to basically vote on or agree on who they would want to send okay. to. And that's kind of the point of these invitations as the regulations are a lot looser for who can get in and what kind of special exemptions. Um, but they're tighter in the automatic, just your PGA tour pro this is a PGA tour event. They're, they're a yep. little narrower in that regard. So Parker knew that he had this event coming up. He's a Texas guy. And out of nowhere, he decided to, you know, stick with the Corn Ferry Tour event because he's chasing that one of those top thirty spots and trying to get full status on the PGA Tour. And I love, his, I love his attitude of, well, if I do my job right, then I'll just punch my own ticket to this thing next year and every year after yeah. that. So he's got that, the long, he's got the long term look. Yeah, he, he's, well, he's, of course you do. Your dad was a pro golfer. Grandfather was a, yeah. was a major winner. Your brother's already, you know, a, a, BS, a BSD. <laughs> uh, in the golf world. So, you know, it's, it, it feels like you're destined to do it. So you trust the process, yeah. uh, but that's where, that's where, you know, Mr. Block was able to kind of slide right in. And apparently it, you know, when the call came in, they just waited until block dropped that last putt. And then yeah. all looked at each other. Like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? It's like, let's do it right now. So if you haven't seen the video of him getting the call, it's pretty yeah, cool. The call was cool. One of the 15 times that, uh, that he, that he cried, which I, I can identify with. I'm an emotional, emotional man myself. I'll, I'll cry if I need to. Uh, just oh, like what I, I, just like I did when Annika Sorenstam, she's back for her 20 year reunion of playing in this event. Mm-hmm. First female to be on a PGA tour event since babe Zaharias back in the early 20th century, uh, made a handful of cuts as an amateur, by the way. Mm-hmm. But this is, uh, I, I'm shocked that we haven't seen more of this given the, yeah. the, I, w- I would say the kind of, 
uh, not unified nature of golf, but the uniform nature of it, where like every, any, any human is going out and potentially can face the same course. Yeah. But I think when you get to the top tier levels, you do see that just the sheer length that the men play versus the the female game. That's where you have that line of demarcation, which, which is why I think, I think it's fun when they do these team events, like we're going to see, uh, you know, coming up again this fall. Yeah. No, you, you there's your, there's your crash course on colonial history, <laughs> but it's great. Cause, the, cause we are, like you said, we're, we're back in, down in Texas and this is an interesting course here because um, it's going to play different than the last few courses we've seen, but just as difficult in the way it's set up and that this is a course where guys are going to have to pick their shots a bit more. It's not going to be just a grip it, rip it and, and, just hit any wedge from the fairway or the rough end. Like it, they're going to have to play strategic here, um, which gets me to to my five key stats here. Once again, we'll start off uh, uh, strokes gain approach, strokes gain putting. That's staying there all year. I've decided, uh, so we'll skip right over that. But one thing I noticed here was that the same as I forget which course it was a few weeks ago, but uh, this had Colonial has one of the lowest driving accuracy rates. Uh, at least below average compared to the tour average uh, throughout the season. So uh, I want guys that can hit the fairway. So one of my key stats is fairways gain this week. Um, I could go fairways gain off the tee. Uh, you could go a few different ways. I'm choosing to go fairways gain though. Uh, Cause I want guys who are able to put themselves in the short grass so they can play their more strategic next shot. And then power four is 400 to 450 and proximity 150 to 175. <laughs> Because that's what we're looking at. These guys are going to be having to play those mid irons or those low irons, I should say, low irons in. Uh, long. Over the, long irons. See, I confused myself. I got all messed up there. That's good. Said, that's what I'm here for. The only the only thing I contribute to this show is to your golf education. Correct. I like me. where you're coming from. The comparable <laughs> courses that you see out there are Bay Hill, Sawgrass, yep. those those target golf courses, so to speak. Like you said, can't be a grip it, rip it type of thing. It's 7,200 yards, par 70. The par fives, once again, are not even. Not 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 like super duper true opportunities. You're just going to yeah. get a bunch of beefy par fours, which is why strokes gained approach is a perfect fit for that. It, for this, it always yeah. is the kind of best singular one. Uh, but I throw in uh, <laughs> strokes gained. <laughs> good lord, junior. Strokes gained par fours in general. Like sure. how good how good is your game to do the one two dance? And a par four in golf is is probably the purest test par threes you can get lucky on. And there's some long ass par threes in the, in the horrible horseshoe three, four, and five, this golf course, unlike a lot of other golf courses that have a finishing kind of the bear trap, the snake, pit, yeah. uh, the stadium finish, like those three hole stretches. This one is early, which I kind of like it kind of, it, it's going to test your resolve. Can you get hit in the mouth and, you know, and then still have 15 holes, you know, it's left to point. get it done. And it's two monster par fours sandwiched in between 250 yard or 247, whatever, which means they can plus or minus it, you know, by a club or two. So sure. that 250 yard par three. So it, it's it's going to be wild. It's gonna, yeah, it's going to be a ball striker's <laughs> day. So I've got par fours, uh, strokes gain par four, strokes gain approach, and then opportunities gained. Because yeah, to me, so it's not just about getting in position. It's going to be about converting. This isn't necessarily a pushover for a course, but I don't think we're going to see the the humility so to speak that we we're saw not going to see the, the five over cut line it's going to no, be a little, no, little no. bit closer yeah, to I think, even I think this I week. Cut, although we got to get back I, we got to start watching those cut lines a little closer that's some of the most fun right there is oh seeing, i was watching it this week i had well, it was, that, that cut line dropping back to five over uh was a difference between me having a five of six and a three of six lineup so <laughs> did you like did, i loved seeing them play through the rain and i loved seeing the guys flip the hats backwards you know to keep the rain yeah, I, going down the, the, their shirt like all that kind of stuff it, it didn't uh, change it felt, for me as a viewer it, it i it enhanced it for me because i love i like playing once in a while in those conditions not not every time mm-hmm. you go out that looks fucking miserable if that was the status quo i hate it (laughs) but for especially for a major championship i'd like to see a day where you get hella wind or deluge coming down uh Mm. but just enough and they're squeegeeing off the green so they can just get these guys going i enjoy that i think i think that adds to it um three or four days of it i don't think it's too much fun it's kind of like watching an nfl game where if you get nothing but sloppy conditions the whole way through it's going to neutralize the uh, the separating factor. Who's really the better yeah. team? Because 
it's really hard to play good in those conditions to begin with. So sure. seeing it, seeing it once was fun and uh, being out in Texas, I know we're going to need to look at guys who can, who can roll the rock. I got a buddy who, who, who swears by certain players in Texas because the wind factor, uh, you know, before he jumped guys like Mark Leishman or, you know, if you, any of the Texas players, so I don't know if it's worth taking a look at them this week. I think with this golf course being as traditional as, as it is, you could look for a Texan like Jordan Spieth or Scotty Scheffler, sure. who's familiar with it and probably grew up playing this thing. Uh, but yeah. but in general, let the I'm going to let the numbers do the work because they they have been treating me okay so far these last few weeks. Uh, and but, without further ado, let's start talking about some of these players that you do or don't yeah. feel great about starting in that 10K and above range. So what I wanted to, what I want to do first actually is I want to of course quickly, I what I want to do is I want to quickly run down my top ten for for everyone here write it All down right. if you if you want to and then we'll get into the the specific price ranges and I'm doing that because my my top ten actually five of them are under eight thousand on DK this week Interesting. so I got a nice v- mix of value in here um, with top end so like I said before number one in my model was Victor Hovland coming in around expected roughly sixteen percent ownership. Um, at 10-6, uh, which the, I, I think I'm going to be all right playing him for a little bit there. Uh, Scotty Scheffler coming at number two at 11-5 at almost 22 projected ownership. Not, I, I, I can't bring myself to this, this. Once again, we're in a situation where Scotty has to win for that to be worth it. He definitely could. His game's good enough. He's a Texan. Like I get it. Um, but I'm not I, – I think there's enough could happen here where it's not it, – He's not necessarily going to win in my eyes. So he's number two in my model. Uh, Christian Bazudenhout. Bazudenhout. Whatever. We never get it right. <laughs> uh, ranks number three in my model, 7,700, or roughly 16% ownership as well. Uh, and then the other Texan, Jordan Speed, 9,900, 17, 18, roughly projected ownership. But then we get into some interesting names down here. We, we get Ben Martin at 6,800, around 11% ownership. Ben Martin's a guy who's come through for me before uh, this year, who I've played a little bit of. Uh, he's got a decent history here as well. Uh, so Ben Martin is a guy that that I like. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, 9,200. Tommy Fleetwood's coming in around like 20% ownership, though. That's... Uh, might be too much for me to have confidence in Tommy Fleetwood this week, but he's been playing great, so I might need to change that. He very quietly finished T18 this past week at the PGA, so good for him. And then my main man that I've been playing all year into last year, 7,300 7, at under 5% projected ownership, ranking number seventh in my model, 24 out of 29 cuts made, Adam Svensson again. You love him. <laughs> Look, the, the math, the model just makes me fall in love with him every week. So Adam Svensson's there. Uh, Colin Morikawa coming in at eighth in my model. Uh, I'm feeling a little burnt by Morikawa after this last week. I know he still finished T26, but I had higher hopes for him um, at 10 16% ownership. I, I think I might pivot to some other guys in that price range. Uh, Scott Piercy at 6,400, ranks ninth, under 3% projected ownership. And then Sepp Strzok at 7,000, number 10. Sepp Straka is looking fantastic right now. Sepp Straka is 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 a sexy looking pick, and not just because he's a Georgia Bulldog. And mm-hmm. I'll rip through my top ten real quick, and then uh, then we'll get into that ten k and above range because I agree yeah. with you there that there's a there's it's kind of an eye raising ten four ask for Colin Morikawa. But yeah. as I alluded to earlier, my model spit out the chalk up top and has Scotty Scheffler ranking out first in my model, mm-hmm. uh, and Tony Finau ranking second. Little bit of a pivot and a drop down with Siwoo Kim at third, Victor okay. Hovland at four. So, right there, my top four are pretty chalky. But then Ricky Fowler, all of a sudden, the math tells me that he's he's worth a look at 8,900. He's he's always a chalky pick, as is. There's gonna be a lot of, a lot of people who like him. Uh, yep. and then right there in six, Colin Morikawa tied with him, though. Is it's tied? It literally both of them rank out six in the model. I don't know how the hell that worked out. Yeah, that is weird. Uh, because I'm a simple guy and I only use three three factors. But is Ben Martin your aforementioned yep. Ben Martin at 6800? So I'll anybody who my numbers tell me is that kind of valuable for the bang for your buck. Whoever's bringing the bang that hard is getting my attention. Which is and my boyfriend. Ben, ben Martin finished T10 at the Valero, uh, which was, I believe that was the last Texas event, right? Uh, yeah. 
Valero, yeah, Texas yeah, Open. So he, yeah, so he finished T10 there. No, so some good blood in Texas. Sorry, continue. Max Homa at 8, Tom Hoagie at 9, and Jordan mm-hmm. Spieth, 9,900 at 10. Even if even if that is what's what's Jordan Spieth looking at? What's his projected ownership? 17. I yeah. still think if you're gonna take a Texan, save a couple hundred, save a couple hundred bucks and go with Jordan Spieth yeah. over Scotty Scheffler. I agree I with agree. you. You have to be picking him to win uh this week. And I think that would actually be a more realistic value, you know, return on your investment than looking mm-hmm. to have him play a role with as much other opportunities in this. It's a limited field. It's only 120, 120 players, but still. Yep. Uh I don't think I'm touching touching that with your money. As a matter of fact, I don't really have anybody in this 10K range highlighted as much as as much as they all pop up in my own personal 10K. I might take a look at Victor, like you said before. Yeah. That's actually why it caught my mind is because he is playing that well. Uh, but the other one is Max Homa. I want to see him do something really outside of Texas or outside of California. I know he's he's kind of he's getting real inconsistent as of late. And it's becoming a little annoying considering how much I like Max Homa. <laughs> I agree. But there's back to the Scotty Scheffler thing real quick. The only reason that I may, you know, get a wild hair in my ass and play him and then force myself to just dig around in the six and seven K <laughs> range. Cause there's enough down there. There's enough value plays. My boy Akshay's in the field. Whenever Akshay's in the field, that's forced value for me. Cause I'm going to play that kid until, until he breaks through and wins. And cause I think it's going to be coming, but here, here, listen to these results from Scotty Scheffler going back to basically i would say to a missed cut but that would be all the way to august of last year but just to a just to a 45th place finish in october since then he's finished third at the worldwide technology ninth at the houston open seventh seventh out in hawaii 11th at the american express he won phoenix 12th at Genesis, 4th at Arnie's Place. He won the players, 10th at the Masters, 11th at the RBC, 5th at the Byron Nelson, and then a runner-up finish last week. So I, when he when he plays, he's pretty much a lock for a top yeah, 15. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that that's I, that would be a pretty good bet that's to great. be eyeing right there. Um, very interesting question here from Chuck over at This Guy Sucks uh, podcast, which I'm not going to lie. I'm not sure I 100% understand this question. Uh, but are you worried about the election recount in Arizona affecting the players? Not at all. I think that the, uh, the election officials are going to get this one right. And, um, you know, whoever wins, we just trust the process and, you know, take them one day at a time. Coach always says if you show up early, then you're on time. If you're on time, you're late, you know. There you go. Thanks for picking up the slack there for me because I was a little lost on that one. Appreciate it. <laughs> but let, but let, let's, let's get into the price ranges that we've alluded to because we want to make sure we get you, as always, as many names to write down and play this week as possible. And you alluded to it, the 10,000 and above range doesn't necessarily uh, – the, the, I don't feel the need necessarily to spend the money because I feel like there is a ton of value. It feels like a week I'm going to leave a lot of money on the table and I'm going to be all right with that. Um so, so we're good there. And then we, we said we both like Jordan Spieth at that 9,900 mark. Um, anybody else in the 9K? Really, I, I said Fleetwood. You said Kim. Uh, is there anyone else in that 9K range that you would consider playing? The closest one to me would be Justin Rose. But at his ownership of 19% and how it ranks out in my model, I'm not confident enough to play him with that little leverage. Correct. Justin Rose, is the re- that's the reason why. Because he's 20th in my model. But, I mean – uh, Siwoo Kim, Siwoo Kim at 9,000, he ranks out third in my model. Uh, and I just, I, I think, I mean, I said at the beginning of the season, I'm going to be more of an M and a Kim guy when they spit it back out mm-hmm. at me. And Sung Jay, Sung Jay sitting there at 9,500 and 15 or in 15th in my model. So the M and Kim brothers, although they're not brothers, it's just the M and Kim <laughs> show in my brain. God, there we go. I'm trying to get us canceled already. Uh, <laughs> That's who I like in that 9K range because I, I yep. uh, from the gut side of things, they also just seem to be names that again, if they're if the numbers show you to, to go after them, you know, play them a little bit. Sammy Burns, stay away from Sam Burns. I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna there. I was gonna say the same thing when I saw where because where's where was his price? Um, he's 90, 9700. 9700. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Performance that he's been putting out there recently. No, that was care. exactly how I felt. I felt there's no like he was definitely the bottom of the leaderboard base. Like he was all the way down there. Um, 
I don't disagree with Tommy Fleetwood. He he does well. At, you know, he always seems to be one of those names that pops up at the players yeah. at Bay Hill. He's an iron. He, he, you know, he's an English Morikawa where he's known for his ball mm-hmm. striking with those mid to long irons. So that's why I, yep. I think that you see him right there. But he finished um, T thirty five here last year too, so that might have a lot to do with his almost yeah. 20% no, in the nine K in the nine K range, I think you can absolutely you can't go wrong with M Sung J M or Siwoo Kim. Fair enough. Let's hit that 8K range because there's honestly not a ton of guys even in the 8K range. Um, it's a small range as far as just quantity of guys. Um, and there's not a lot of eye-popping guys this week for me. Um, we we mentioned Ricky Fowler at 8,900. Um, so I'm cool with that. But really, other than that, the only other guy that pops in my model would be Denny McCarthy. Uh, he, he ranks out 11th in my model, 8,700, around 12% ownership. Once again, he's he's quietly on a nice little run here. He hasn't finished uh, outside the top 30 in his last five tournaments um, at minimum. He's finished T27 here last year. So uh, Denny McCarthy has been had a hot putter recently. Um, he ranks top 10 in putts. Uh, so that's a guy that I like for that price at that projected ownership. Uh, 21 out of 27 cuts made this year. Uh, he's But he's probably the only other guy that I'm really going to play in the 8K range. All my other plays are going to come from the seven and six. I feel like uh, I, I'm all right with that. Denny McCarthy doesn't never makes my socks roll up and down. Ricky Fowler <laughs> at fifteen percent, eighty nine hundred. My model has him fifth, and so he'll he'll get some looks. I'm you know he's definitely going to be somebody who goes in and out. You know bef- before I before I submit, uh, yeah. if I submit, as long as I do my homework to, uh, this week. But Tom Hoagie is ninth in my model. Mm. He's not been great since the third place at the Players. But at eighty five hundred and five percent, there's nobody else. If the math, if the math needs me to go in this eight K range, which how often do you get down? You got two picks left, and you have you're all right. What do I got to average out on these? You know, eighty two, eighty seven hundred, somewhere in there. That's when he might come back to my radar. But um, but I don't I don't think really Russell Henley is the only other one that jumps out to me in that eight K range. I've got Russell and Tom kind of highlighted. Min Woo Lee, fun fact. He's got special temporary status on the PGA tour for the rest I of the year. I saw that. Yep. So I did see we'll that. Come on down, Minwoo. I think, you know, we're 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 happy to have you. And I actually just because of his little pencil thin mustache and his <laughs> swagger with those those Oakley glasses that are just not gonna die. Uh, he know. might he might be a good novelty play. And then Steven Yeager or yep. Jager, Jogger, whatever, he has been he's been he's been pretty consistent recently. So yeah, eighty one hundred, I think it's worth a look. Let me see what is he in my model. We we, we played him at first. Well, I played him at the Byron. He gave me a T eleven, so I was quite happy with the return I got out of out of him. Fiftieth at PGA, ago. so I mean he made the cut there. Wells Fargo twenty seventh, Mexico Open. He's made four straight cuts. Yeah. yeah so Steven Yeager, the, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just I didn't have him marked until we were just scrolling down to make sure yeah, I wasn't skipping I, over I anybody like Steven Yeager. I don't mind that. Uh, my only thing against Tom Hoagie, really, other than the fact that I do agree he's not been playing great lately, um, he's, he's missed the cut three straight years here. Uh, ah, which, tomato, that, tomato. Well, but he's also, I think he also was playing better coming into this tournament in past years than he is right now. Like, this is, you know, I, I don't know. I, I have no confidence in, in Hoagie at the moment. Um, and no, no, neither does anybody else besides my dumbass because he's only <laughs> that's okay. Be, dare to be different. I love it. Uh, dropping into the 7k range, we already mentioned Christian, Christian Bazouden Hunt, Bazouden Hunt, Bazouden Hunt, whatever you want to say. Biz, biz, biz. Um, 7700. We already mentioned him. Uh, the other guys, uh, Adam Swenson as well mentioned him. Hayden Buckley, though, is another guy who's gonna pop out of the 7k range for me this week. Uh, T26 at the PGA. Uh, he did miss the cut here last year, but he's made four straight cuts this year so far, around 12% ownership. So I like him. And then I'm going to go back to another, what is turning into a season favorite on the year. Uh, Nick Taylor, 7,200 at 6.5% ownership, ranking out 20th in my model. He did miss the cut this past week, uh, but he's made the cut two straight years here in the past. Um, and he's been putting very well. Uh, and he does really good on these par fours, uh, you know, 400 to 450 range. So, I like me some Nick Taylor this week. And I already mentioned Sepp Straka too, also in the 7K you. range. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll meet you with Sepp Straka. And I, too, have Mr. Hayden Buckley uh, highlighted on my, on my list. He's 14th in my model. 
really 11th in par fours in, in, and the mm-hmm. fact that that name just keeps coming up and I keep knowing that it comes up or I, I remember that it comes up because I keep on thinking of the Mr. Buckley that Mr. Buckley, I keep asking <laughs> you if you've seen the time to kill and you're like, whoa, was that movie? You still need to watch it. <coughs> Eric, Eric Cole was quite, it was sneaky good last week at the PGA ranked 16th in my model. He was. He, he, it's, it's hard to look at 11, 12, sometimes 13% when you're in the low seven, seven K range. But you can almost outsmart yourself if, the, again, if the numbers are showing, go with your gut. And then I'm shocked there that, that a name that you have you have brought up several times pops mm-hmm. in my model, especially when you get down to 7100. But he's 18th in my model, and so you go and you look at it, and only four or five percent ownership. Mr. Uh-huh. Joseph Bramlett. I had a, I just saw him rise. You're about to say that, yeah. Joseph Bramlett, come on down. We got a we got a seat for you here on the plane, uh, right next to Adam Svensson. But that's going to be on his side of the flight, not mine. Yeah. My, I'm not a big Svensson guy. I like, I like, he's a cut maker and I appreciate yeah. that. We have different perspectives when it comes to picking these things sometimes. Yeah. My, my issue with Bramlett right now is that he's been wild off the tee. Um, he ranks near the back of the field. He's, he said, this is a field of only like 120, 121 this week. He ranks one tenth in this field, uh, one tenth, 110th uh, in fairways gain this week. And that, that's an issue for me this week. When you factor in that he's also around a hundred and putting, in the field. So Bramlett, this isn't the week that it necessarily does it for me. I feel like he needs a little bit more uh, forgiveness uh, in a course when it comes to getting off the tee right now. Sounds uh, like you need a little more forgiveness. But we'll, <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> I'm not here. To, I'm not here to forgive. Let's get to this. The six K range is so juicy this week. Which I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop you right there. I got two names and I already said okay. them both. And then I'm going to pass the talking stick. All right, not, because we, that's yep. what he's 66 in my model. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. We'll both ding, ding, ding. And then your boy, AB, Akshay, Batia. I knew it. I also well, he's, thir- he's also 33rd in my model. So I don't, I don't feel bad spending 6,700 for him. He's 13th in my model. So get on uh, some Akshay this week. I love that. We, we're, we are, you are definitely a bigger Akshay fan, but you've 11%. turned me on to Akshay. He's a ball striker. Yes, he is a ball striker. Um, another guy who I haven't <coughs> oh, that came out of nowhere. Haven't played in a while, but um, but I liked what he did this past week, and I've liked what he's done here in the past, specifically last year. Finished in T twenty seven here. Ches Reevy. It's probably Can't it's been it. a solid year plus since I've Can't played him. Sixty nine hundred. Like I'm not thrilled about it, but he might be someone I take a chance on. Like I'd rather play him than some of these other guys in the seven or eight K range as far as taking a chance because I view a lot of them as just as risky. Uh, but Ches Reeve is someone I'll I'll have a little bit of exposure to this week. Uh, you already said Akshay. Michael Kim is another guy. Um, I skipped he, over one. Shit. Who else? Who hit me? David Lipsky, living on Lipsky. Oh, your Lipsky guy. Yeah, Lipsky sixty-two hundred. He's he's twelfth <laughs> in opportunities gained. He's it, it, which means when he's in position, he converts, and he's sixteenth in approach. So those two things, mm-hmm. I I see the point that also not having <coughs> off the tee somewhere in here can skew these results because as you mentioned, this is a yep. narrow course. It's a Parkland wood lined, tree lined course. So, uh, but David Lipsky, just because. You you said it. If the you know when you're down there, you can kind of spend a little money in because if he's hot, he's gonna play well. But it's a it's a make it or make it or miss it kind of bet with yeah. him. No, he's that makes gonna, sense. He's not winning. And before we're out of time here, I'm gonna give you one more shot in the dark. Dark. Horse give it here, to me. That's always give fun. it to we're, me because we're looking at 6100. We're looking at less than one percent projected ownership, but we're also looking at 11 out of 19 cuts made. A guy who is 11th in this field from 150 to 175, and eighth in the field. I'm sorry, that's sixth. I couldn't read it for a second. Sixth in the field when fairway is gained. Zach Blair uh, finished T10 at the Valspar, the other Texas tournament we, we've seen so far. He finished T47 at uh, uh, Wells Fargo was the last one he played. Yeah. Uh, finished, finished T55 here oh, two okay. years ago. Uh, so if you're gonna, if you, if you want to play some of those expensive guys up top and you need someone at around the $6,100 range, Zach Blair is a better shot than most down here. So I agree. And, and while you're I down like there, if you need a 6,100 kind of filler Cole hammer, just for a good story, he, mm. you know, he was a, he was a all American at, at, at Texas. He is a Texas kid. He, again, he's going to be one of those local familiar guys. He's only at 0.1% ownership because nobody's given him a shot. But these young mm-hmm. these young golfers are breaking through a little quicker than they have before. And once you know how to win, 
then you can yeah. ride that wave all the way to the winner's circle. Nice. I like it. All the way to the winner's circle. That's what we're hoping our picks help you get to this week. That's what we're hoping we get to this week because that is going to do it for us here on the Divots and Pivot show uh, for this Tuesday night. But stick around at 10 o'clock. Every time I say a time, they come on at a different time, so I apologize. But I'm pretty sure tonight it's 10 o'clock. Is the guys over at Plus Money Golf getting you all your outrights, your top 10s, your top 20s, all your prop bets. Uh, they're going to have you covered for this week, and I'm sure they're going to be talking – uh, some PGA uh, championship stories as well, because how can you not if you're a golf show this week? Once again, I am Andrew LaDuke, a.k.a. Mr. Mallard. Bud Copeland next to me over here. Catch him at, at this BuzzView. And like he said before, get over on his Instagram, same handle. Uh, check out his, his stories every morning on Instagram, on Facebook. Just find the man. They are a great way to start your morning. That's going to do it for us. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us as always. Love you. Have a good one.